0: If your friends and family were going to describe you in a few sentences, would one of those sentences be that you're a person of faith? And they, would they describe the choices that you made and say that you make choices and decisions based on faith? And I'm not talking about a faith that says, yes, I believe in God or yes, I go to church. I'm saying that you are influenced Because of your faith. Or would they say you're a person that plays it safe? No life out on the limb for you. Always having a backup plan. Thinking about the future a little too much or maybe a lot too much. Maybe they would describe your prayers as safe prayers. God, thank you for this food. Not a bad thing to do, but that's a safe prayer. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this concept of faith. And we're in our first week of in our series, so if you are a guest with us this morning, you picked a perfect time to check us out. Uh, We're going to be looking today at this idea of crazy faith. And if we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Josh, and I'm really excited to kick off this series together. For those of us that would describe ourselves as followers of Jesus, faith is essential to our lives. It's not just essential to our salvation, but it is something that should be a part of who we are. It's a muscle that we exercise and we, we utilize it and we help it grow. But too often, our faith can be elementary. We ourselves grow and we develop, but yet our faith stays of that of, a, of an infant's faith. We have faith in God enough for heaven, but we don't place the same level of faith in God for earth, for us living our days. All throughout the Bible, there are scriptures of people who, who exhibit this crazy faith. I mean, if you read scripture, you're going to find story after story of people who just exhibit this crazy amount of faith like Abraham. Next couple of weeks, we're going to look at Abraham's life and, and God told Abraham to go. Now like Ben, Ben is leaving today to go to Tunkhannock and that might seem bizarre to, to leave something you're comfortable with for something that you're unsure of. God didn't even tell Abraham where to go. He just said, go, get in your car and leave. We have Moses who stood before a body of water and God told him to put out his hands. And you know what crazy thing happened? The water became a highway for the people to walk through. You have Esther, who who went before the king, which in that day, if you weren't announced or if you weren't invited to go before the king, it was immediate death. And Esther went before the king and said, you are persecuting my people. You have David, who, who stood before this literal giant, a small little shepherd boy with some rocks. All throughout Scripture, people who exhibit great faith, crazy faith. Whether or not you're new with us, you've likely heard the story, maybe one of the craziest examples of faith in Scripture, the story of Noah. Now, God told Noah to build a boat. Now, owning a boat, having a boat, is not crazy. All the guys are like, yeah, see, we need a boat pastor said we need a boat. Um, Owning a boat, having a boat does not make you crazy. Even though they say the two happiest days in a boat owner's life are the day they buy the boat and the day they sell the boat. But owning a boat or having a boat does not make you crazy. This was not just any boat though. This boat was 510 feet long. 85 feet wide and 81 feet tall. Which means that it was approximately 3.1 million board feet in length. Some of you contractors are like, okay, now I can, I can track with this. Now, in today, I had to know how many 2 by 4s is 3.1 million board feet in length. I will tell you. 620,000 two-by-fours. Now, in today's market, if you go on to Lowe's.com, that will cost you roughly $1.9 million just in two-by-fours. Now, I tried to figure out how much it would cost to build it in plywood, but my calculator broke. (laughs) Because apparently that's not possible right now to figure out that much. But this is a massive boat. And this is where it even starts to get a little crazier. God said, build a boat and then bring all the animals, two of every kind of animals, into the boat. So this was a boat that was going to double as a zoo. We're getting a little crazy here. And then Noah said, it's going to rain. It's going to flood the earth. Now, to you and I, the concept of rain, it happens, right? Right? In that day, historically, it's believed that it had not rained yet. The ground was watered by dew, and the plants were nourished from water from underneath, but it had not rained yet, so Noah's saying it's going to flood because of the waters are going to fall from the sky. And that's crazy talk, right? That would be like the equivalent of, of God telling you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to build a spaceship, and you're going to build this spaceship, and I want you one to build it really big, big enough so you can take some animals, and then I want you to fly it up to a galaxy that hasn't been discovered yet, and you're going to live there. Now, if I, if you came over to my house and in my backyard, I'm building a spaceship, you would think I was crazy. Crazy. You would Instagram it, you would be like, check out the crazy guy, and then you would call the authorities because this is crazy. When Noah started building the boat, he was crazy. But when the flood came, all of a sudden, he is a faithful person. What's crazy in one period of our life? One season of our life is considered faith in another season. Maybe in your life, God has called you to have some crazy faith. Maybe you aren't sure. Maybe, maybe you're, you're just not sure that God has even called you to do something crazy. To help us understand how we can know that and really what crazy faith looks like, I want to help us understand what crazy faith means. Crazy, which is a word we use often, by definition means to be marked by thought or action that lacks reason. All right. How many of you, by show of hands, and if you're watching with us online, you can click the raise hand button. How many of you, by show of hands, know someone who's crazy? Okay. I'm going to ruin it for some of you. If you didn't raise your hand... They raise their hand about you. They're talking about you. You are the crazy one. Marked by thought or action that lacks reason. If we're going to be honest as, as people who follow Christ, God calls us to do some kind of crazy things, right? If you don't believe me, check this out. This book tells me that I am supposed to believe in a God That I've never seen. And I'm supposed to hope for a heaven that I can't go to yet. And I'm supposed to gather on my day off for an hour and 15 minutes... And sit in a room and stand when they tell me to stand and sit when they tell me to sit and sing songs that I don't know and listen to a guy yell at me for 30 minutes and then give my money, my hard-earned money, in a box or on my phone. We're called to do some crazy things, right? We're all thinking it. It's a little bit crazy. And sometimes he even tells us to push people underwater. (laughs) It's a little bit crazy. That God calls us to do some of those things. Craziness is marked by thought or action that lacks reason. And faith means, by definition, faith is trusting in something that you cannot explicitly prove. When we we have faith in something, we're trusting in in something that we cannot explicitly prove. In our Google age or in our internet age, we want to be able to prove everything, right? We have fact checkers for our fact checkers. We want to make sure that everything is true. And I'm just going to ruin it for some of you. Everything you Google, not true. Um, We want to have this knowledge... We want to have these facts, but too often, the facts that we want erode the faith that we need. When we look to God, we want all the facts. How many of you have said, you don't have to raise your hands. God, just tell me all that you want me to know. God, just point out to me what to do. In my experience, in my walk with the Lord, often God does one of two things. He either shows me that next step that I need to take, just the next one, or He shows me the mountain that I'm going to summit. He shows me where I'm headed, but then doesn't show me how to get there. That's been my experience with how God directs me. He gives me one step, or He gives me where I'm going, if God gave me every step that I was going to take. It would no longer be faith. It would be obedience. I wouldn't have to trust that that was the right thing that God had for me. Crazy means to be marked by thought or action that lacks reason. And faith is trusting in something that you cannot explicitly prove. So when we smash them together, we get crazy faith, which is a thought or action that seems unreasonable, But trusting fully in what we cannot explicitly prove. Faith is when we're trusting God, when his character and our next step is all we have to go on. God's character is enough that I can take that next step. I want to give us two ideas this morning from Hebrews chapter 11. And if you're unfamiliar with Hebrews chapter 11, it's often known as the the hall of faith, which is, if you want to read some stories about guys who had some faith and ladies who had some faith, Hebrews chapter 11, read the rest of this chapter. um, It's going to tell you all about these faithful men and women. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Faith is the confidence in what we're hoping for. Understand, the enemy's greatest discouragement tactic is to discourage you so much that you no longer have faith. Because when we no longer have hope, we no longer have faith. Situation after situation when things begin to pour on top of us and things mount, the bills are mounting up, the, the the struggles, the difficulties at school, at work, they're mounting up, and we can't see the light, and we no longer have hope. And what happens? Our faith diminishes. Some of us have stopped hoping for things. You've stopped hoping for that home. You've stopped hoping for that wayward child. You've stopped hoping for financial freedom or for that happy and healthy marriage. Whatever you're hoping for, you're building your confidence in. Faith is the confidence of what we hope for. Which if you're taking notes, we could rewrite that and say, faith is the confidence of who God is. Who God is. What do you need to start hoping for? As we, uh, the pastors uh, at the different campuses have talked about this series. Our prayer has been that this series will ignite within us. Us as a people. Ignite that small flame of faith that we have. And that it would grow As we begin to rely on God. Because what we know is that there's a big difference between saying you have faith and actually acting on that faith. To help us understand that this morning, I'm going to uh, invite up some friends. And I'm going to invite up Lainey and Silas. And and while they're making their way up this morning, uh, Silas... Uh, spent the first couple weeks of his life in intensive care, and he was, as Laney described, seconds away from the doctors calling his death. But praise God, Laney and Silas are here, so come on up and we can welcome them to the stage. Now Silas is uh, much more relaxed this time. We did this in the first service, and I told Lainey, I reassured her, that if he cries the entire time, it's okay. It's always a danger to bring little kids up onto the stage because you never know what's going to happen. But you can always guarantee they're going to upstage you. So Silas is going to do that this morning. But Silas, what's up? <laughs> You're doing good. Um, so as you, some of you know, I have three kids I have two biological children and one adopted uh, son. And when my biological kids were young, at about four months old, I had a special ability with my kids. And so we're going to show you a little bit of what that looks like here. So here's the picture of my kids. On the uh, left is my daughter, Isabel, and the right is my son, Micah. So in case you're, you're not able to see this, I was able to hold my kids in the palm of my hand and they would stand there all by themselves. So, Lainey, how old is Silas? Four months. Four months. This is going to work out perfect because my kids in that picture are four months old. This is awesome. This is going to be great. Um, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> I don't know. Silas doesn't like it either. He doesn't like where we're headed. It's going to be okay, I promise. We'll, we'll see how things go here in a second. Um, does it make you nervous seeing that picture and okay. holding Sil- Silas same age? Okay. Well, um, do, here's a question, Lainey. Do you believe that I have the ability to hold a four-month-old child in my hand with one hand? Do you believe I can do it? Yes. Okay. We're, we're doing good. So, Lainey has faith. That I can do it. She believes that I can do it. Now, here's the question. Will you let me hold Silas in one hand on the stage here? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Not even no. Absolutely not. See, what we have here is an understanding that there's a difference between faith And acting on that faith. Thank you very much, Lainey. There is a huge difference. Yeah. There's a a formula that you can think about when it comes to faith. Because faith is an intellectual agreement. Lainey intellectually agreed that I could do that. But. Faith is not just an intellectual agreement. You have to actually act on that. You have to act on that knowledge in order for it to be faith. You have to actually rely on that thing to be true. As believers, we can intellectually believe that God is God. And we can intellectually believe that God will do what he promises, but we will not place our child in that hand. There's a difference between an intellectual understanding and actually doing something. What happens often is God says, this is what I want you to do. And you're thinking, this doesn't match up with what I want So I'm going to choose to do my will over God's will. And you know what happens when we do that? We get our blessings, not God's blessings. Because our plans, our will, our blessings are much inferior to God's. We settle because we don't put our full weight and trust on the promises that God has for us. We settle thinking that this is just okay. It's fine. It's not as bad as, or as good as what God wanted, but it's fine. And when we settle for that. Our belief in God is extremely limited. The brother of Jesus, James, he wrote in James chapter 2, and this these verses are very, very strong. And so he tells us that In James chapter 2, verse 19, he says, You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe, and they tremble in terror. You believe that God is there. You believe that God exists. You believe that God saved you. Good for you. Even the demons believe, have that level of faith, and they tremble. And terror at the thought of God. How foolish, she continues. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Or or faith without action is useless. Churches all across the world are full of people who have the same faith level as a demon. You see, demons believe... Demons believe that that God can heal. Demons believe that God can raise from the dead. Demons believe that God is the source of salvation. And it says they tremble. All across the world there are churches that are full of people who have the same faith level as a demon. Faith without action. Is useless. Faith without actually. Putting yourself in the palm. Of God's hand. Is useless. Because we get it mixed up. Sometimes in our lives. We think faith is an add on. Faith is just something. That we can do. But if you're taking notes. The second thing that we need to understand is. Faith is not. A foundation. Faith is the foundation. Faith is not an add-on. Faith is what we build everything upon. In Scripture, we see that you can't get saved without faith. Ephesians says, For by grace you're saved through faith. You can't please God without faith. Later on in Hebrews chapter 11, it says without faith it's impossible to please God. Jesus told us that we can't pray without faith. When we pray without faith, you know what we're doing? We're wishing. I wish this would happen. When we don't have faith that it's going to happen, we're wishing for it. John told us that we cannot have an abundant life without faith. God wants us to have this abundant and full life that comes from when we have the foundation of our life built on faith. Faith. faith is not just a part of Christianity. Faith is the foundation for Christianity. Without it, none of this means anything. Without faith, none of this means anything. In Hebrews chapter 11, we continue on in this verse. We have faith being the confidence in what we hope for. But it's also the assurance of what we cannot see. Faith is the assurance for, not the insurance in. Insurance are things that we can logically prove. But we need to not have the insurance. We need to have the assurance, the confidence, the, the, the belief that God can do it. It's not faith if we put our insurance on what we've done. I've gone to church, I gave my money, I checked all these boxes, I even went to a small group this week. I, I am putting my, faith, my insurance in those things. It's my get out of jail free card, my, my fire insurance, right? It's going to keep me from hell. That's not faith. Faith is not the insurance in what I've done. Faith is the assurance in what he already did. if you were to look at your life and if your life makes sense without God, I'm just going to challenge you that I would question whether or not you are a person of faith. You are a person who's relying on faith. If your life makes sense without God, then you're likely not a person of strong faith. A couple weeks ago, I was explaining to Pastor Bob I showed him this the picture and you can put it back up. I was I was showing him this picture and I was explaining to him how this works. And he first he asked me if it was photoshopped and I assured him it was not photoshopped. I don't even know how to do that. So these are really these are real pictures and I said, "You know what what makes it possible? Is kids were in there about 4 months old, 5 months old. They just lock their legs and they stand there. They don't try to balance, they don't really move around too much, but they just kind of stand there while I'm holding them. After the first service, I was walking through the halls and it was kind of interesting to see all the moms that were like, nope, (laughs) grabbing their kids. But what happens as the the child grows, when they get to be about seven or eight months, when I try to hold them, it actually gets a lot harder. You know why? Because they try to balance on their own. They no longer rely 100% on me. Instead, they begin to rely on their own abilities. They begin to rely on their own strength. They begin to rely on the things that they know. And their risk of falling, their risk of continuing to place their faith in me, shrinks dramatically. In our lives, we often try to do things on our own. We try to balance on our own. We we don't want to stand there, out in the open, completely relying on God. Because that's nerve-wracking, right? Grandmas in here are kind of freaking out just looking at this picture. It's nerve-wracking to be out there. Imagine being out there relying 100% on somebody else. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to rely on Him 100% for our salvation. He wants us to rely on Him 100% for how we live our everyday lives. This morning I would believe in a group this size and with the number of people that are watching online that there are people who find yourself in a situation where maybe at one point you were a person of faith but for some reason that faith has shrunken. Your faith is not evident anymore because you really haven't placed your, you haven't worked on it. We said at the beginning that faith is a muscle. And even just walking down the halls, walking to your car, your muscles are working out. But you know what happens when you don't work out a muscle? And I'm talking You're you're sedimentary completely. You sit and you don't move. You know what happens to your muscles? They die. They atrophy and they die. Faith is a muscle. It's either growing or it's dying. There's not an in-between when it comes to faith. Some of you, you would say, I just haven't been really relying on God. I would encourage you in the quietness of the next few moments to take those opportunities to maybe for the first time in a long time, cry out to God, God, I want to be a person of faith. God, I want to have the faith that you want me to have. Maybe you're here this morning and you would say, I've never actually started this journey. We believe that everyone has a next step. For some of you, your next step is your first step. And you need to say, I need to trust in God for salvation. I need to place my faith in Him to provide me the salvation that I need. Would you pray with me? In these next few moments of quietness, I would encourage you, if you found yourself in either of those situations, to to say to God, God, I want to have the faith that you call me to have. God, I want to give those things over to you. God, I want to trust in you. And if you're here and you say, Josh, I've never placed my faith and trust in God for salvation. I would encourage you today. To cry out to God and say, God, I am not God and I need you for salvation. If you've made either of those prayers to God or you're, you want to talk about it with someone, I would encourage you to find someone on the stage, find someone with a name tag. If you're watching online, type in the chat, hit the prayer icon and we pull you into a private message room and we will chat with you about that decision. This is not a time to be embarrassed. This is an exciting, exciting time. God, you're good. And we thank you for who you are. Amen.